Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Would Nurses Do, an original evidence-based practice podcast created by nursing students for nursing students, where we take a deep dive into the world of evidence-based practice and the history of some of the things we do as nurses. Uh, What Would Nurses Do is the most up-to-date, often funny, occasionally odd evidence-based practice podcast by nursing students for nursing students. Sometimes you just have to ask why. And we are your hosts, Michaela, Isla, and Melanie. And this is episode five, Nursing Uniforms, to be or not to be. So today we'll be talking about the standardization of nursing uniforms. To what degree? Well, who knows? You got to keep listening to find out. And this topic can be integrated into all patient populations, but we think it's especially important in areas like pediatrics, geriatrics, as well as inpatient psychiatric units due to the unique needs of those patient populations when it comes to recognizing their nurses. And before we dive in, let's put our topic into a format we all know and love, a PICO question. So... We know our problem is the professional image of nurses. Our interventions are based around standardizing nurse dress codes on facility-wide scale and comparing it to those facilities who do not have a regulated dress code, with the ideal outcome being improved identification of nursing staff, improved professional image, and higher patient satisfaction. Hey, thanks, Kyla. So let's give a bit of a background into our topic, and we have three articles to help us do that. A 2016 article released by South University, another by American Nursing History Society, and lastly one by Davida Michaels to help describe the change in nursing uniforms over the years and how the goal of uniform design evolved alongside nursing to reflect an autonomous professional field. Uh, Well, prior to the 19th century, nurses dressed in a gray tweed dress, and while that dark color really helped to hide the stains, that heavy dress wasn't exactly the best things for nurses to move around in. So Florence Nightingale designed nursing uniforms that presented nursing as a respected occupation during the Korean War. Oh, by the way guys, not so fun fact, Nightingale, who as we all know is the central figure taught in most nursing schools, was actually a horrific racist. Anyways, that's for a different, equally important podcast, but let's continue with our topic uniforms. And so in the 1960s, we saw a rise in miniskirts, which were very easy to move in, and then pantsuits in the 70s, since the miniskirts would reveal the undergarments when bending down. And finally, in the the 1980s, nurses began to wear the scrubs we all know and love, which were much more comfortable, allowed mobility, and were unisex appropriate. Badges were also added to the scrubs later to help patients identify nurses from other healthcare workers in the hospital. And I, I really think these articles show a good progression and change of the nursing, the nursing uniform and the specific rationales linked to these changes. And Michael's article really gives a good visual and verbal representation on how the nursing uniform can always be changed and advanced to benefit the nurse and patient during nursing practice. So if you guys want to go ahead and check that out, go ahead. And, and while it's important to remember our roots, I think we all want to move on to what we've been waiting to discuss, the here and now. So Kyla, do you have any interesting research? Of course I do. A thematic analysis done by Tam and other authors explores the patient perception toward nursing uniforms used in a hospital in Singapore and how it can impact nurse-patient interaction. 21 patients were interviewed and asked questions like, how would you describe the attire? What do you think the ideal nursing uniform should look like? And how does the nurse's attire affect you? 
The study was conducted in a 300-bed acute regional hospital in Singapore, where two main variations of nursing uniforms were used, an off-white or blue scrubs. The analysis found that colored uniforms were associated with positive feelings such as happiness and cheerfulness, whereas off-white uniform was frequently selected for negative feelings such as being upset. Back to you, Melanie. Oh, cool, Kyla. Thanks. That was actually a really cool study. And so the research on the topic of color has established that colors tend to evoke positive feelings compared to the just white scrubs, as you've just described. But let's talk about what generally seems to be more important to the patient perspective. And so based on a descriptive study entitled Contributing to a Quality Patient Experience, patients seem to place value mostly on identifiability and the professional appearance. But let's let's keep in mind here, professionalism is not what you might be thinking. It was defined in this study as being caring, attentive, confident, reliable, empathetic, efficient, cooperative, knowledgeable, competent, and approachable. All very good qualities to have as a nurse. And this is very different from the traditional professionalism that we can think of, which is like a nurse with no tattoos, having a white uniform and no jewelry, things like that. But this is a very important distinction as it has been a long and drawn out debate as to whether or not tattoos can be considered professional. So according to the study, yes, tattoos can as long as they don't just pick anything inappropriate like violence, drugs, sex, alcohol, or profanity. So how about you, Michaela? Do you have any cool studies? I have something interesting. So I found a descriptive research study from the Journal of Nursing Administration that assessed patient perceptions of nurse attire and professionalism in which the majority of the patients who responded gave high scores regarding nurses' appearance, identification, and professionalism. There was actually minimal support for color-coded uniforms. However, about 37% of patients did note that they could see a benefit of color-coded uniforms for the purpose of identifying their nurses. This study shows that there is still more research needed on the impact of nursing uniforms. It also shows that not every hospital is the same and not every hospital serves the same patient populations. The purpose behind nursing uniforms is promoting professionalism and patient and nurse comfort. Before hospitals opt to implement uniform policies, they should assess their particular patient perceptions in addition to following evidence-based guidelines. Back to you, Melanie. Nice addition, Michaela. So that's a good amount of research, but what do these articles mean exactly for nursing as a whole? So let's let's go ahead and move on to a discussion about the possibility of a nationwide uniform color coding. So we have seen a common theme of identifiability being an important criteria for patient satisfaction in nursing care. Not only this, but like certain colors like navy blue have a generally positive reception. And some of our listeners may be thinking right now that this is way too restricting. But you see, we have to remember that nursing care is patient-centered. And that's never questioned, no ifs, no whats, or buts about that. And when you have sound literature backing an ideology that certain colors of scrubs can enhance patient experience, well, we as a profession based and founded on evidence-based practice have an obligation to, sh- to shift towards that direction. So let's ask ourselves, us hosts, and our listeners right now, is there indeed a strong enough foundation of literature to justify a nationwide uniform policy? So that's a healthy amount of evidence. What's your take on that, Michaela? So here's a systematic review of the literature titled 
the professional appearance of registered nurses, an integrative review of peer-referred studies, which summarized seven studies on nursing uniform perception and suggested the evidence from these studies is relatively weak and classified as level three evidence coming from descriptive studies. However, we can still pick out general themes and the responses from them. To summarize, the three main interventions supported by the literature are solid colored uniforms, basic hair and nail hygiene, and large, easily identifiable RN letters printed on name badges. Based on the review of the literature, I don't think there's sufficient evidence to warrant a change in policies at a nationwide level. Thankfully, though, most local facilities already incorporate these evidence-based interventions into their dress codes. Sentara and Bonds Corps, for example, implement all three. I think it's important to look at patient perception of the nurse uniform at a micro level rather than at a macro level by assessing patient perceptions at individual hospitals to guide their uh, uniform policies, which would be more effective since patient populations vary so widely between different hospitals. Don't you agree, Kyla? Mm, well, there are many pros to standardizing uniforms. There isn't enough evidence to guide policy change on a systematic nationwide level. However, there are many outcomes seen in the reduction in patient confusion, which raises satisfaction, increase in organization, and uniformity, which portrays professionalism and clarifying staff identification, which we can apply to those patient populations referred to in the beginning. Don't you think so, Michaela? Yeah, I think we need more research specific to specialty, specific to different specialty units. Topics can range from patterned or graphic scrubs for pediatrics to specific color codes or bold, large font name badges for ger gerontology units, to plain and easy on the eye colors for psychiatric units. Though you may be able to find some research on these, there isn't much and many factors that can tie into the intervention and outcome findings. Thanks, Michaela. Thanks, Kyla. And I really felt like we were getting into the good, juicy stuff and uh, topics of our our discussion today but unfortunately that's our show for now we are your hosts Michaela Kyla and Melanie oh special thanks to Irvin Kara Elisa and Ajovi as they were our fellow students in our cohort who worked behind the scenes to make this episode happen and if you'd like to review our sources we have a list you can access from Dr. Martin we thank you so much for listening to what would nurses do the evidence-based practice podcast by nursing students for nursing students. Don't forget to join us for our next episode on Anchor or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Bye!